Good morning, Ridge family. How are we doing? Good. Good to see everybody. Um, yeah, I want to. We're, we're one week now into the new year, and so I wanted to ask. I'm curious: Has anyone already broken their New Year's resolution? Anyone? Okay, we've got a couple of honest people here. Uh, the rest of you uh, are maybe you're kind of like the the guy who prayed, "Dear Lord, uh, so far today, I've done everything right." I haven't gossiped, I haven't lost my temper, I haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent, but in just a minute, Lord, I'm going to get out of bed, and I'm going to need help the rest of the day. A lot of us are going to need help uh, the rest of the year to get through some of the commitments and promises we made, but that's what we want to talk about this morning. No matter, no matter what this past year look like for you, or no matter what this new year has in store for you, each of us have a lot to be thankful for in our past and also a lot to look forward to in our future. You see, our hope as followers of Christ, and I hope you know this already, our hope as followers of Christ does not come uh, from the fact that, or, or you know, maybe, maybe this wasn't the case for you, but, but our hope doesn't come from thinking that everything went our way in the year before and that everything's going to go our way in this upcoming year. Our our hope in this life as followers of Christ comes from standing on the faithfulness of our God who holds both our past and our future in his hands. Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Over and over in the Bible, The Lord tells his people to remember what he has accomplished in the past so that they will have hope for the future. And this is important. And here's why, if you're taking notes, if we forget God's faithfulness in the past, it's easy to lose hope for the future. If we forget all the times that God came through when we didn't think he was going to come through, when we needed a provision and he was the one who provided, if we forget those times when there wasn't a way, yet God made a way. If we forget all of that, then it's going to be really difficult to hold on to hope in the future. And so what I want us to do uh, for for a part of our time together is do exactly that. I want us to remember uh, God's faithfulness this past year in 2023. I want to give you some updates this morning uh, on a couple of things that were occurring right at the end of 2023. And then I'm also going to give you some updates for some things that are coming in 2024. And that's where we're going to kind of put our hope. We're going to stand on the faithfulness of God. And at the very end of today, the very end of our time together, I'm going to go to a passage of scripture in Hebrews chapter 12. That's really going to help us to understand how we move forward together. Okay. And so the first update I want to give you from the end of 2023 is the, is from be generous. Uh, If you're familiar with be generous, it's kind of our end of the year, uh, season of generosity. And so many of you, uh, stepped up in such a big way. And by the way, I just can't say enough about how generous this church is. Uh, I don't know that everyone gets to see that from the same vantage point that that I do, but hopefully this morning, you're going to see a glimpse of just how generous and open-handed this church is, not just, for, not just for us here at the Ridge, but throughout our community and even through the world. So let me give you a, an update from the Be Generous season of giving. The total amount that you gave for Be Generous was $51,676. Now, yeah, you can, you, can, you can praise the Lord for that. 
Now, I just want to remind you where that goes. See, none of that's coming into our general fund here at the church. This is going to go to one or two places. It'll either go to help support the mission and vision of our community partners, our local partners in this community that do so many wonderful things to help people and families in need or uh, to help help supply needs in this community. Uh, this will kind of, some of this will go help fund their vision and their mission. And, all, and the other portion of that will go to uh, our Ridge mission strategy to ensure that the gospel is going to the nations. And so uh, our leadership team will sit down now and begin to allocate that funding based on need, both locally and, of course, globally. But thank you for your generosity uh, in, at the end of 2023 through the Be Generous, uh, Be Generous Giving. And then the next update I want to give you is the Forward Initiative. The Forward Initiative is the three-year campaign or project that we're taking on here to expand our facilities and multiply our kingdom impact. And I'm going to get into a lot more detail in just a moment about that. But just in terms of updates uh, on what you have given thus far, your generosity, I want to begin first with the pledges, because this is a three-year pledge campaign. And so, so many of you stepped up in generosity and in pledges given to date, Uh, We've been pledged over $2 million thus far uh, over the next three years. And that's huge. I I can't explain how how important that is. And then on top of that, on top of those pledges, just donations given. I mean, donations that we have already received total almost $600,000. And so... What that's going to allow us to do is go ahead and get started with phase one. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. But I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your generosity. And it doesn't matter if your donation was big, if your donation was small. uh, We don't care about that. What we care about is that between you and the Lord, you decided what you could and what you wanted to give because God takes all of those things and he multiplies them in only the way that he can do to use for his glory. And so it's appropriate for me to say thank you for your faithful giving. Thank you for supporting what you feel, and I hope you do, the direction that God is leading us here at the Ridge. And so thank you for that. Uh, the, the next thing that I just want to give you an update on is actually a communication that's going to be coming your way with a lot of information. This is going to be an email you receive in just the next couple of weeks. And it's going to have some important numbers and statistics on it, uh, one of which is my favorite. This year, we baptized 48 people uh, in, in 2023. So... And and a lot of those were children. We baptized more children in 2023 than we ever have before in our history. And so just to see children and students and adults alike coming to Christ and then going public with their faith through baptism uh, was awesome. We spent a lot of time in the river down there at Tekoa River. So that was awesome. Um, Another statistic that I'm just super proud of, and you're going to see this plus a lot more, um, is uh, our Serve Week participation. This year, in 2023, we instituted Serve Week, which was kind of a spinoff of something that we loved years ago called Service Sunday. And this year, we had over 225 people from the Ridge move beyond these walls and help 
uh, support our community partners through the works of their hands uh, in this community, blessing those who are in need and helping our great partners. And so uh, I expect that number to, ev- to double even this year as we continue uh, to, um, to, to, to have um, Serve Week as a part of our outreach. And then uh, another, another number I want to present to you, which is a great number, but it highlights some of the challenges that we face. So uh, Christmas Eve service, we had the biggest Christmas Eve service we've ever had. We had just over 50 1,500 people who are a part of our Christmas Eve services across three services. That's great. We celebrate that. But here's the challenge in that. In one of our services, we had 120 people sitting in the lobby alone. And actually, they weren't sitting. Only about 60 were sitting. The other 60 were standing up along the back wall. Okay, so with great growth comes some great challenges, uh, and which, which is a confirmation to me that we are in this perfect season of the Forward Initiative. And I'm going to show you in just a moment how we're going to address some of these challenges. But first, I want to give you an update on our Ridge Kids ministry. As you know, uh, this past year, uh, unfortunately, uh, our children's director, Gina Carmichael, and her husband, they moved to Florida and we missed them. But we were also blessed that God provided Kenny Conley uh, to come in as our interim. And he's doing an amazing job, not just keeping our Ridge Kids program going, but also uh, bringing in some new things and seeing some growth in some areas. And one of the things that he is doing is uh, creating a brand new space in the Ridge Kids area for our Ridge Kids volunteers, a place where our volunteers can be refreshed and they can be supported. And so this is coming soon. And the only way you're going to get to see that is if you're a Ridge Kid volunteer, which brings me to my next point. We need Ridge Kids volunteers. Uh, Kenny has some, so a, a good idea of how to expand our schedule in 2024, but to do that, we need you. And so if you are, have been praying or thinking about uh, considering uh, serving somewhere, but you're just not sure where their need is, the need is in Ridge Kids, okay? As a matter of fact, I've already taken the time to pray for you, and God said he needed you to serve, okay? <laughs> so I, I really would like to ask you to uh, pray about serving in the Ridge Kids area. Uh, Kenny wants to bring back in February a program that we love. It's called Disciple Land. It's our midweek or Wednesday evening um, discipleship program for our, our children. We had to postpone that uh, when, when Gina transitioned out just because of space and volunteers. And, uh, and so we haven't had that Wednesday night program for our children, but we want to start that back in February. And to do it, we need five more volunteers for Ridge Kids, at least five. 10, we would be in great shape, but, but five, we could actually launch it in February. So if you're interested in serving, uh, I want to uh, show you a, an image on the screen. This is our text to engage, and you can text uh, TRCC to 84576. When you uh, receive the form, you just click serve. You want to serve, and then where? You just want to simply put kids, and within about 10 seconds, someone's going to call you. It won't be that short, but somebody will get in, ta- in contact with you about serving. And so I want to really invite you to be praying about um, getting involved in Ridge Kids, at least getting more information about it. Okay? So as a church, we cannot deny that God was faithful to us in 2023. Amen? We, we had our fair share of challenges. Uh, we had some disappointments and setbacks. But for every challenge that we faced, God gave us a a blessing that was even greater. And so Psalm 92 says, it's good to give thanks to the Lord, 
to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and faithfulness by night. And so I want us to do that right now. In light of what we heard, just stop right here, bow our heads, and let's give the Lord thanks. Heavenly Father, we praise your name for your goodness and your faithfulness. Father, even, even when we weren't faithful, Father, you never failed us. Father, you made a way where there seemed sometimes there wasn't going to be a way. And Father, even in our losses, Father, you showed us how good you are by giving us a blessing that was even more abundant. And so, Father, we praise you for your faithfulness in the past. We praise you for your faithfulness now. And we look forward to the great things that are coming in the future. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thank you. We're going to do that a couple more times this morning. I just believe prayer is such an important part of uh, praising God and recognizing his glory. Uh, Psalm 910 says, and those who know your name put their trust in you, O Lord. You have not forsaken those who seek you. I love that promise. You have not forsaken those who seek you. That's something that we can hold on to, hold on to. We can put the full weight of our trust and our hope in the Lord because he says he never forsakes those who seek him. For the past few years, our leadership here at the Ridge, at the end of every year, we spend some time praying about what God wants us to focus on in the coming year, what he wants us to be our priorities for the coming year. And so at the end of 23, we did just that. We prayed and asked God, show us where you want us to focus. And I believe that he confirmed our prayers by giving us uh, some areas that we're really going to focus on in in 2024. Some of these areas are carrying over, but these are the areas we're going to put our time and energy and resources. So I want to go over these real quick with you. These are our 2024 priorities. Okay. And the first one is forward in growth and community in growth in community. Again, forward is our three-year initiative to expand our facilities, but also multiply our kingdom impact. Okay. And the reason it's growth and community is because we don't want to just build a bunch of buildings and then no one really knows one another, that we're just a bunch of friendly strangers. The purpose of creating this space is yes, to minister to children and to adults, but also to give us greater opportunity to get to know one another as we grow in the Lord. And so this is about growth, physical growth, but also the quality of community. Okay. And so with that in mind, I want to just go over real quick, the forward initiative. Maybe you've seen it a hundred times already. Maybe you've never seen it. And so I'm just going to go through this real quick so that we can all kind of be on the same page about what this is. And so I'm going to start with phase one and then two and three, and just keep in mind phase one equals year one, phase two, year two, so on and so forth. All right. And so here's phase one. Phase one is our children and discipleship wing. Okay. This is going to give us more opportunity to, to minister to our adults through equipping classes and groups, but also give our children more room to be ministered to as, as well. And because of your generosity, because of what you've already given, uh, by the end of this month, January, you're going to see, uh, we're going to start breaking ground, preparing the ground for, for these two buildings. And then by the end of February, um, with the weather permitting, and you never know this time of year what weather's going to do, right? But weather permitting, you're going to see concrete poured and the metal building begin to be instructed by, constructed by the end of February. And so it's, it's, uh, if all things go according to plan, it, I think it's safe to say that by fall, 
we could have both of these buildings constructed and being used for ministry. Isn't that awesome? I think I'm looking forward to that. And so we're praising the Lord for that. Now, that's phase one, year one. Phase two, year two, is a, uh, a new worship auditorium, a 750-seat auditorium. I don't know if you've noticed, it gets a little crowded in here from time to time. And so we're going to build a building very much like this, just a little bit bigger with a few more seats so we don't have quite as many people standing up in the back for the Christmas Eve service. Um, and so that's going to allow this space, this room, to be used weekly, primarily for our student ministry and sometimes our children's ministry. But this also becomes a multi-purpose space for any kind of uh, banquet or conference that we want to do or meal or large group gathering. So this is going to be a great space that we're going to have once the new auditorium is built. And so that's phase two. And then when that's complete, that'll lead us into phase three, year three, which right now is slated as offices or flex space. Who knows what's going to happen in three years? We might need more children's space. I know we're going to need more children volunteers, but we might need more children's space. And we might, or we might need more classroom space for equipping classes. We're not sure exactly what the next three years are going to look like, but we'll make that decision as we get there, what that space needs to be in year three. Okay. And so total cost of this project, we're going to put up on the screen. This is the financial summary. The total cost of the project is $5.7 million. And so you can kind of start doing the math with the pledges plus what's already been donated. We're getting pretty close to kind of that halfway mark of that, uh, of that amount. And so uh, we're excited how God is blessing us uh, to, to just kind of chip away at that number and see these things become reality. And so I can't talk about the forward initiative without inviting you, if you haven't already uh, done so, to be a part of it. For most of you in the seat back in front of you, you're gonna find the pledge card and the, the pledge booklet that goes right along with this project. If you've not looked at that or considered that or uh, just read through that booklet, I want to encourage you to take that home with you, uh, pray about it, read kind of what the next three years is going to look like in terms of kingdom expansion here, and ask God, where, where can you be a part of this? How can you contribute to this? You can also stop at the Welcome Center on the way back and get a booklet with all the drawings on that you just saw behind me. You can take that home with you as, as well. And so I hope that you will commit to being a part of the forward initiative uh, in some way. Okay. And so that's our first priority forward in growth and community. But secondly, we want to go forward in discipleship. And this has been a priority for the last couple of years. And you can define discipleship in a lot of different ways, but discipleship really is a way of equipping believers through intentional training and authentic relationships so that each of us are becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Isn't that the goal of discipleship, that we're becoming more and more like Jesus Christ? We, and, and the church should be about discipleship. It should be providing opportunities to grow in Christ. And two ways that we do that here is through groups and classes. Now, if you're not familiar, groups is our things like journey groups, that we do our small group ministry, but also Bible study groups. We have men's Bible study groups like Better Man and, and the Better Man small groups that meet together weekly. Men, if you're not a part of Better Man, I have to encourage you to look into it. There are some awesome things going on in our small group ministries among our men, and you don't want to miss out on that. But also we have, we have women groups that are meeting, Bible studies throughout the week, 
book clubs that are meeting and mom's groups that are coming together to encourage one another and study the Bible. And then apart from that, our Ridge men's ministry and our Ridge women's ministry are great places to get plugged in for discipleship and see your walk with Christ uh, grow. And so that's our group's ministry. And then we offer classes. Pastor David talked a little bit about next steps and what that's all about. Also equipping classes like the seven rings of marriage class is being offered to enhance your marriage. And then a really unique kind of class or a group of classes called care classes. These are classes like grief share and pace and pals, which are are, are classes where you can find support uh, going through very difficult situations and difficult, difficult circumstances. All of these things designed to help us move forward in discipleship, which is our second priority. And then the third and final priority is forward in outreach. And this is local and global outreach. And we define outreach as going beyond these walls into a community, into a world that needs compassion and needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. And again, one of the ways we do that is through Serve Week. And so if you're going to write down a date, I want you to write down the, the date for Serve Week coming up June 24th through the 30th. And as you can see on the screen, uh, Serve Week is just an opportunity to get beyond the walls into uh, the community, into places where people are doing some really unique and special work to bless our community and meet needs. And this is an opportunity for us to roll up our sleeves and be the hands and feet of Jesus and just be a part of what's already going on in our community. And then from this, from this one week, comes a lot of different other projects going on throughout the year. Uh, a lot of different groups within the church do different projects throughout the year. And so if that's kind of your thing to work with your hands and you're a builder or you can, you can fix things or clean up things, um, uh, you, can, you can work in that capacity and you want to get involved in our outreach ministry that is constantly moving beyond these walls. And uh, again, Serve Week is to bless our local community partners. And you're going to see a list on the screen of all of our community partners that we support right now, either financially and or through the work of our hands. And so this is a way that we make a difference in our community. We're not just a church in this community. We want to be a church for this community. And this is the way we do it through our local outreach. But also, we have a global arm in our outreach that wants to take the gospel to the nations. And we do that in a couple of ways. First of all, through short-term mission teams. If you're here this morning in the room and you've been on one of our short-term mission trips over the last few years, I just want you to raise your hand so we can see it this morning, okay? We had some over here, over here. We had a lot in the, in the nine o'clock service. Uh, this year, we have four short-term teams, that are going to different cultures, different countries that are different than, than here, than what we're used to here, that we have a total of 34 people who are going to be on mission in 2023, going to different places with the gospel and with compassion. And so that's one way that we, we support a long, t uh, a global outreach, but another way, there's some places we can't go in the world. It's just too dangerous. It's too dark. And so we find missionaries who, and missionary families who are already living in those areas and we provide support for them. And we make sure that they have certain needs and we provide that either financially or through other means. And so these are the ways that we continue to take the gospel to the nations, to the world in some of the darkest and dangerous places. And so, uh, uh, 
you know, there's an opportunity here for you to get involved and support our local and global outreach efforts. But these are going to be our priorities for 2024, these three areas. It's not going to be the only thing that we do, but this is where we're going to pour a lot of our time and resources and energy. And then one last thing I want to mention on this note is something that's coming up, and that's our 21 days of prayer. Every year we start the new year with 21 days of prayer. And this year, the date is January 14th through February 3rd. Okay. And hope you're going to enjoy us and join us for the 21 days of prayer. But this year we're adding something new and different. Okay. We're adding uh, a uh, prayer meditation podcast beginning on January 15th. It's going to go every day except for Sunday when we meet together. This is going to be every morning. We're going to release one guided prayer meditation throughout the duration of the 21 days of prayer. And so if you're a podcaster, you're going to want to subscribe to the uh, Ridgecast wherever you get your podcast. If you're not really someone who listens to podcasts, let me encourage you anyways, try to find our Ridgecast, subscribe to that at least for these 21 days, so that you can come along with us. And as a church, as a body, we're praying together around the same things in preparation for this new year. And so again, the 21 days of prayer, prayer meditation, be a part of that. Okay. And so I know I'm talking really fast. I'm giving you a lot of information in just a moment. We're going to change gears, but, but I really think it's important that we recognize what God has done and then that we know where we're going in the future. We know what we believe God is leading us to. And I think it's important that we can make all the plans that we want, right? The Bible tells us, yes, make your plans. But then there comes a time where you must dedicate those plans to the Lord. You must commit those to him and let him guide our steps. And so one more time, can we go to the, the Lord in prayer? After talking through all these things, Together, let's commit these things and dedicate these things to him. Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you, Father, our plans, just as you instructed us in your word. We commit our plans to you. But Father, we trust you, uh, Father, to, to lead and guide us wherever it is that you want us to go in this coming year. Not only this year, but Father, the years that are ahead of us. You have been so much more than faithful to us. You've been so good to us. And Father, we trust that your goodness is going to continue to follow us. But Father, come what may. Father, we, we love you. We worship you and praise you for all that you're going to do. And Father, we, we thank you in advance for where you're taking us and where you're leading us as a church. And we want to make sure that Father Jesus Christ gets the honor and glory. And we pray these things in his name. Amen. Amen. All right. So for the rest of our time together, I want to talk about what it means to go forward together. So if you have your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, find verse one. And the way that the author frames up this particular passage is about running the race that is before you. And so this can be interpreted in a lot of different ways for application. Uh, maybe there's, maybe you got some things that you're facing this year and you're not really sure how to move forward through those things. As a church, you've just heard a lot of different things that we're facing this year and we want to be able to move forward together. This passage can be very helpful in giving us some ways to think about how we're going to move forward through our race in 2024. So let me read the passage and then we'll spend the next few minutes kind of breaking it down. Hebrews chapter 12, verses one through three. Therefore, Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight 
and sin, which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. What a great passage of scripture for us, especially to begin this new year. The author compares the Christian life here to to a race. He basically says, if we're going to run the race of faith effectively without distraction and without getting off track, there are some things that we must do. Very simple things. And I want to go through those real quick. The first thing the author says we must do is to start well, to start well. Anyone who's done any kind of uh, running or any kind of racing or marathons, that kind of thing, you know that to finish well, you must start well, okay? And the race of faith, it starts when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and then commit every area of our life to him. Did you hear that? Commit every area of our life to him. When we hand it all over to him, that's when our race begins. Many people think that that faith in Christ is kind of the end of the journey. Well, I received Christ. I crossed the finish line. No, faith in Christ is just the beginning of our race. It's just it's just the start. And second Corinthians five confirms that when it says if anyone in Christ is a new creation, the old has gone away, it's passed away and the new has come. What what new the new life? The new journey, the new race with Christ, it has begun. And look, God has a different course for every single one of us who's running the race of faith. Your course is different than mine. And mine is different from yours. Each of our course contain different terrain, different experiences, different ups and downs, but they all have the same starting point, And that is submission to Jesus Christ. If you've never come to a point in your life where you surrendered yourself, every area of your life, keeping nothing for yourself, surrendering it all to Christ, and maybe that's something you have to do every single morning. Dear Lord, I give you this day. I I dedicate myself to you. That's where the race begins. That's where the true race of faith begins. And that's the first thing we do. We want to do if we're going to move forward in Christ. We have to start well, and there's no better way to start. And it can happen today by giving yourself and surrendering yourself totally, completely, and fully to the Lord. Whatever this year holds, whatever the days before me hold, I just want to follow you. And I want you to use all things for my good and for your glory. And we just dedicate ourselves to, to a good start. So that's the first thing. The writer of Hebrews says, you want to move forward, start well. But the second thing is to run well. We have to run well this race. Our instruction in Hebrews 12 is to run the race that's set before you. Run your race. How do we do that? He mentions three things that we do to run well. First of all, we run well when we run with endurance. Great racers or runners work hard to develop great endurance. Christianity is not a hundred yard dash. It's not a, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And that's why it requires endurance. 
Faith in Christ is not, is not a sprint. It's, a, it's, it's, it's something that takes time and energy. It's, it's a series of ups and downs. It's t- sometimes our life feels like it's on solid ground, but sometimes it feels like it's on shaky ground. Sometimes it's bright mornings that we're running in, but sometimes it's long, dark nights. And you and I are not called to run the race of faith only when the race is easy, only when the path is straight. We are called to run faithfully the race when, wherever the path may lead, wherever his path may lead. That's why it requires endurance. No matter what lies ahead of us, we must run the race of faith that's set before us and we must run with endurance. But secondly, he says, we run well when we run as a team. Now, this is so important. In long distance running, there is a phenomenon that occurs when runners run in a group. They actually run faster and they run further. In other words, we actually run better when we run together. The author of Hebrews begins this passage by saying, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, we have to remember The author here is writing to some Christians that were being heavily persecuted. They had lost and sacrificed a lot just to follow Jesus. And so this author is trying to encourage those who are discouraged. He reminds them, hey, before you were struggling, before you were running your race, there was a cloud of witnesses, courageous men and women of faith who came before you and they ran their race of faith with endurance, even in the face of great opposition. In persecution, he reminds them, hey, you are a part of an even greater team than you even can imagine. And in verse three, three, he reminds us that Jesus ran the race of faith. It says, consider him, Jesus, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you, what, may not grow weary or faint hearted. Consider Jesus. Consider what he did in his race. Consider those who came before you. Today, there are so many who are ahead of you or who are with you that are running the race of faith, that are spurring you on, encouraging you to keep going, keep up the race of faith, keep running your race with great endurance. Don't give up just one more step and then one more step and keep pushing on toward the goal. And that brings us to the third thing he said that we need to do to run well. We need to run with our eyes on Jesus. Follower of Christ, we do not need to run with our eyes on the world. We do not need to to run with our eyes solely locked into our disappointments or our setbacks. If we do, we will be distracted. The encouragement here is to lock your eyes on Jesus. Keep your head up and run, focusing on his love and his grace. And so that's how we run well in this life. We run with endurance, we run as a team, and we run with our eyes on Jesus. And that leads us to the very last thing. Don't just run well, or don't just start well, don't just run well, but be determined to finish well. Jesus is very clear in the word, those who endure till the end will be saved. Those who cross the finish line will be saved. Crossing the finish line is Jesus Christ. He's the finish line, his presence forever. In every single step of the race, Christ 
is the one who is growing us and maturing us to become more and more like him. And so how do we finish well? To answer that, I want to read our focal passage for the 2024 Forward Initiative. And it's from Proverbs 425. It says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. In this passage, Solomon reminds us that while we run the race of faith, we shouldn't go after everything in this life that seems good because everything in this life is not good. Everything in this world is not beneficial. But he says, rather, look straight ahead. Keep your eyes fixed forward on one thing, and that is the prize or the finish line, which is Jesus Christ. And church, that's my prayer for you for 2024, that you would keep your eyes on Christ and his will for your life and for this church. Whether it's moving forward, building new facilities for children and classes, or moving forward, discipling new believers, or moving forward by reaching out to new followers of Christ locally and globally, I want to encourage you to continue to move forward in his will for his purpose and for his glory alone. You know, the Olympic games that we're so familiar with today, it actually originated from the Greeks. And in their Olympic games, they had a particular race where each of the runners, as they ran, they actually held a torch that was lit on fire. We commemorate that today at the beginning and the ending of our Olympic Games. But what made the Greek race so unique was that the winner of that race was not the runner who came across the line first, but it was the runner who finished the race with the torch still lit, still aflame. I want you to remember that. I want you to get that image in your mind because I want to ask you to make a commitment today to start the race of faith well with Christ, even if it's every day, every morning, first thing, committing your day to Christ. Run it well with Christ. Run the race of faith well for Christ. Figure out how you can get involved in his kingdom's work. Use what you've been given to bless others and to bless him. But finish the race. Be determined to finish the race with the flame of Christ still burning brightly inside of you. And may it never go out. And may may you cross the finish line and not just cross it, but cross it well. And hear those words that we all long to hear in our soul. Well done, good and faithful servant. Would you please stand to your feet as we close? Heavenly Father.